In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was not in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So as we get into this Advent season, I guess, how do we prepare again for something that for most of us is incredibly, incredibly familiar? New guitar for Christmas, please, on the list. That would be fine. But this very familiar pattern of our year, this rhythm, and how do we get into it, really? You know, this church calendar is there for a a purpose, to help us to encounter Jesus afresh. So this morning, I just want to say four very straightforward things about Advent as a sort of introduction uh, to this particular season. So here's my first one. So Advent is waiting. So how good are you at waiting? Is that enough? Or maybe not long enough for some of you. So in our lifetime, we'll be waiting 17 months for food to cook, 13 months waiting for your children to get ready, six months in queues, five months waiting for slow technology to kick in, four months waiting for the lights to change at traffic lights, three months waiting for the kettle to boil, three months waiting for other people to finish eating, and between two and five years for your new Ferrari. So if you haven't ordered it already, it's too late for this Christmas. Perhaps you struggle waiting. You struggle waiting for your your phone to charge, or you don't like waiting for fast food, which is always a bit of a misnomer, an oxymoron really, isn't it? Having to wait for fast food seems a bit strange to me. Or waiting behind a slow car in the fast lane, or in the middle lane, or even in the slow lane. We're always in a rush, aren't we, to get from one place to another and grab hold of the next thing that might just possibly be around the corner. There was one pastor that I I read about who was encouraging his congregation to build in a 15-minute sort of quiet time every single day to help them in their own journey of becoming like Jesus. He was encouraging them about prayer, about meditating, about reading 
God's word. And so he, he set that challenge. And a few weeks later, a very excited church member ran up to him one Sunday morning and said, Pastor, Pastor, I've got the 15 minutes down to seven and a half. Which sort of uh, spoils the point, really, doesn't it? Because we want to squeeze 15 minutes into seven and a half, don't we? We want to squeeze everything we can into as short a time as we possibly can. We demand faster, but I'm guessing that for most of us, whatever age or position in life you find yourself in the moment, for most of us, we need to be slower. We need to go slower. We need to find those places that are slower than perhaps our norm. We need to learn to wait well. And that's what Advent really is about. It's about waiting well. Learning to wait well for, for Jesus. Learning to wait well again for, for something to happen brand new that he wants to bring to us. It's about a longing, a desire for something that God has ready for us, wrapped up, ready for us, waiting for us to slow down long enough to receive it. Waiting patiently yet expectantly with an ache and a longing that says, I need to wait because it feels like something's missing and I need you, Jesus, to help me. In a world that is chaotic and crazy and lives that perhaps are struggling and facing increasing struggles, whether that be financial or health or relationships, family, decisions to be made, we want our life to be waiting for Jesus to do something brand new in us. Because when we're anxious and rushed, we tend to then move to wrong choices, make wrong decisions, and end up setting the wrong priorities that may look nothing like the ones Jesus wants. And Advent comes in and I think has the potential to just steady the noise a little bit. To just stop the, that corrosion of our hearts that often we can feel because of everything that we're dealing with. And it's the insistence of God that says, I have not abandoned you. I have not abandoned this world. Whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, I have not abandoned you. And Advent is waiting patiently for what God is going to do next. It whispers in the dark to us that not yet will be worth it because it is coming. It is coming. You know, hundreds of years before Jesus came, people were waiting. There were a group of people who were waiting earnestly for God to do something. And you just read through the Old Testament, and you'll see the prayers that were spoken, the, the prophecies that, that, were, that were uttered, the worship that was given to say, God, will you do something now? And they were waiting hundreds of years. Most of them never saw the, the outcome of their waiting, but they were the generation after generation after generation that were waiting earnestly for God to do something. Isaiah 7, a virgin will be with child. Yes, but when? 
Isaiah 9, the language is as if it's already happened. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. It's like they perceived it before it came, and that's the joy of waiting at Advent. We begin to see what God has in store in the future. Not maybe just for us, but for generations to come, perhaps, of what God has promised. And we are the people who are waiting and crying out to God, for God, will you come? Read the New Testament. After Jesus had come, what did they do? They prayed, they worshipped, they went out evangelizing the nations because that was their task, because they were waiting not just for the coming of Jesus because he had come, but for something even greater than that. And so they were praying and they were worshipping and they were earnestly seeking God. God, will you come now? But generations and generations have continued that cry and we're the ones who now are waiting Asking God to enter the places of our deepest cynicism and our bitterness and our hardness to say, God, will you come? Believing and trusting that tomorrow will be better than today. And the prayers that we utter for places like Qatar and Iran and, and other places, they will one day be answered because he will answer our prayers. And so I invite you to wait this Advent, to breathe in and out, and to pray, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Not as a prayer of escape, not as a prayer of resignation, but as a prayer of anticipation that once again he will come. And we are the generation who have to continue to echo that prayer until the day when it becomes reality. So wait. Wait on God and his purposes and his plans and his timing. Whether it's something personal in your life that you want an answer to now, but maybe he wants to answer it tomorrow. Or whether it's for our world and saying, God, (laughs) you need to do something here. And we cry out to him, God, will you do it? Will you do it now? But Advent is also arrival as well. As much as it's waiting, it is also a moment of arrival. John starts his gospel. In the beginning was the word, the logos. The the Greek word is logos. It means much more than just a spoken word. It means the absolute starting point of everything. In the beginning was the word. The starting point of life itself was there in the beginning, before the beginning. It was there. And then God spoke on day one in creation. John 1 echoes Genesis chapter 1, doesn't it? In the beginning, God's word was spoken and there was new creation. Something had arrived in that moment. Life burst out. And when you read the account in Genesis, day after day, God is speaking life. And life is bursting out all over the place. And so John echoes that and says, in the beginning was the word. This life was there waiting to burst out into into the world, into the lives of people who would look to him. The word existed before the first word of creation was even spoken. And so we gain confidence during this time, knowing that there is a rival. John says, through him All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He was before. He spoke. Creation arrived, continues to arrive if we will continue to to wait long enough to see it happening all around us. There are new things happening every day around us. 
You know, there are seeds being blown around this world, billions and billions of seeds being blown around this world. They all land in my garden, I think, and they're all weed seeds. I don't know where they come from, but they're all there, and it's like God is creating new things. He's moving things around, and every day there are new things bursting out with life. One writer puts it, we are living under a prodigious God. A God of abundance, a God of generosity. Some might even say he's a wasteful God. But we can know and experience the fact that God has arrived, is arriving, is new life is happening everywhere we look. And if we're aware of him, if we wait long enough, we can notice his constant arrival and invite him to come into our hearts and birth something new in us as well. That we get rid of the smallness of our imagination. You know, the k- kids are great, aren't they? Their imaginations are brilliant. When they write a list for Christmas, do you know what? They won't care about how much it costs. They just want to write a list and that's it. They have no idea whether you can afford it or not. They'll just write it and write it and write it. And God is a God of generosity. A God who is beyond our imagination. And yet we can bring that imagination to him as well. We can know what he does. We can see what he is doing because he has arrived. And he is arriving every moment if we will just stop and say, come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come into this workplace where everything seems a bit hard and sterile. Relationships are fractured. Lord, come, Lord, into that place and birth something new that can begin here. Come into this family situation that I'm struggling with and I don't know what to do about. Come and birth something brand new into that place because I can't do anything and I want, I want to imagine that things can be put back together again. Come into that place of, of poor health, Lord. Will you do something new? Arrive in that place that I'm struggling with personally or with someone I care about is struggling with their health. Come and birth something new into that life. Come, Lord. Not as a prayer of escape or resignation, but a prayer of arrival to say, God, you are in that place. You are in that situation. Advent is about arrival. Thirdly, Advent is about welcome. It's no good somebody arriving unless they are welcomed. If somebody turning up at your door, you welcome them in, don't you? They've arrived and you welcome them. With so many people wondering what life is all about and desperately searching for the three things I think that, that people are searching for, that is, is security, self-worth, and significance. I think those are the things that eat away at most people in our world today. Security, self-worth, significance. And John, in his gospel, answers all of those. In the beginning, God was already there. There is your security if you're looking for it. If you're feeling insecure today, In the beginning, God was already there. That is what we stand on. That's the truth of this Advent season. God touched his creation, including you. There is your self-worth. You find it because God has touched you already. He has created you uniquely for a purpose. Your life has value because he has touched your life. And what about significance? Well, he made all things and nothing has existence apart from you. Your life has purpose apart from him, sorry. Your life has purpose. You find significance in him. Your unique role 
in his creation. You are worth it because he loves you with a love like no other. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The light still shines. We welcome that into our lives. You know, when I, when I, was, uh, when I was about 16, I, I bought myself a moped. Do you know what mopeds are? So under 50cc, you were allowed when you were 16 to cycle, do one of them. I don't know why I got it, but it was great fun, and I had a lot of fun on it. But my mum was always nervous about me going on my moped, you know. I guess mums are like that, are they? Do you get nervous when, you're, when your kids used to go out or drive for the first time or drive your car for the first time probably? When that, that's the most nervous. But I had a moped and uh, my mum would, um, would always give me a, a strict secure, uh, safety briefing before I left. But, but what always was so amazing was that whenever I came home, the porch light was always on. I knew she hadn't gone to sleep. <laughs> she always told me that, but she always left the light on. Now, yeah, the light was always on. Whenever I went out on my moped, she switched the light on. So whether I could see it or not, it was always on. I knew it was always on. And as I got closer to home, then I, I could see it more and more brightly. It was always there, but it took me uh, to get closer to home to, to see it more. And I think... I think God invites us to, to sort of welcome him in so that he knows that, that we're, we're with him and he's with us and for us. And he wants to welcome you as well and the light's on and he just wants you to get closer to see how brightly it's shining. That when you're scrambling around in the dark, he wants you to know that the light is on and you're welcome home and he's not going to go to sleep until you come home, until you know the blessing of that sense of welcome. So come, Lord. Come, Lord, and he invites you in return as well. So waiting, arrival, welcome. I think Advent's also an adventure, isn't it? It's a bit strange the word Advent is in the word adventure, isn't it? But it's there for us to see. Advent is an adventure. John, in his gospel, uh, in the opening of his gospel, presents us with God's living story. The Word creates, the living Word, Jesus, reveals to us how we can be part of this ongoing story as well. It answers the biggest questions. It reveals to us God's plans and purposes for our lives as well. And Advent is a reminder that above the noise of whatever else is going on around us at this particular time, above it all, He is. And He longs for us to know the truth of who he is. If we don't get ready for Christmas, this Christmas is going to be the same as every other Christmas. Frantic, rushing around, list writing, shopping, trying to write lists and cross things off and write lists again, noise and distractions. But this Advent season can be a time when we prepare for the coming of Jesus. I think Christmas needs to be, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what God has promised me. This is who I am. This is Jesus. And I want to let him transform me and renew my life. Perhaps Advent could become the beginning of an adventure. 
for you as well. Perhaps you would pray the prayer with me, come Lord. And you would continue to pray that prayer during this season. Come Lord. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for your arrival. Thank you for your welcome. I'm ready for an adventure. Come Lord. Come Lord. When you go to work tomorrow morning, when you enter that office space or wherever it is you are, say, come, Lord. When you wake up tomorrow morning and you've got a whole lot of things to do, before you start, say, come, Lord. If you're struggling with your health at the moment, say, come, Lord, into the midst of it. Perhaps that could just be our simple prayer this Advent, could it? The prayer of the ancients, Maranatha, come, Lord. As simple as that, to breathe it out while you're waiting at a red light to change to green. Instead of being frustrated, come Lord, come Lord. Wherever you're waiting, whether it's for your food to cook or somebody else, come Lord. We welcome you. We're going to continue to cry this out. Do you know almost the last words in the Bible, Revelation 22 verse 20? you know what they are? Come, Lord. (laughs) Come, Lord. It's the cry of the ages, and it still can be our cry too, so that we become the generation that seeks God and allows him to come into our world, to make us anew, and to transform what it is that we see around us. He's looking for people who will simply wait Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're going to sing together, your grace is enough. It's all we need, your grace. And then we're going to share communion together this morning. And we invite anyone who's here this morning to, to join in communion. If you're a follower of Jesus, then please join with us in this act of communion today. You are welcome. But make this prayer, come Lord into my life, come Lord into my struggle, come Lord into my workplace, come Lord into the confusion, come Lord into my home, into my hopes, so that I might become part of your plans today.